produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. This is a Streaming Freedom Audio Bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the geek revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dazzling Duo, uh, or should I say Dazzling Duo with colds? Yeah, no kidding. This is the way I normally sound, so it's okay. Uh, <laughs> it is Derek and Mike. How you doing? Uh, other, other than starting a cold, I'm doing pretty good. Anything new happened to you within uh, since was it last week we talked? Um, well, let's see. Uh, got an award. You, you, you uh, did. Uh, I believe so. Uh, I believe you did as well. I did? You mean it wasn't a dream? Uh, it was not. Cool. Well, yes, we did win an award. Well, Weeby Geeks won an award for Best Podcast from the West Coast Film Festival. But that's not all. Derek and I also won an award with Wookiee Radio for Best Movie-Based Podcast from the West Coast International Film Festival. Oh, yeah. And over on Mighty Marvel Geeks, won Best Produced and Best Overall Podcast from the West Coast International Film Festival. But not you guys, because you're not normal. You're special. Uh, yes, we are. <laughs> so uh, that was kind of cool. Uh, so, yes, I know with Mighty Marvel Geeks, finalists uh, for the po- People's Choice Podcast Awards. But this kind of means a little bit more because I was I'm going to leave this juror or this judge who congratulated us um, unknown. He knows who he is. And we thank him profusely for arranging the invite for for us to participate. Yes, um, yes indeed. But um, he, we were basically told by this person that uh, most of the people who did the judging are not sci-fi folks and not uh, what, pop culture type folks. And we still pull off for the Weeby Geeks family for awards. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. I say next year, as I was mentioning this to Ken, we're going to nominate each show for an award. That way each show has a chance of winning one. And then we're mm. going to take all the shows and submit them for uh, Best Overall Podcast. Then we'll be competing against ourselves. <laughs> Just to see what happens. That could be fun. <laughs> mm. It'd still be cool if we if each show won one. Yeah, it would. So, so yeah, we'll submit keepers in there. We'll get DC superpowers. Get uh, Tales from the Darkness. Geek Watch one. And of course, the three here. I hate to say my three. Because <laughs> you're just as much a part of the shows as well, but it's the three that I have direct hands on with. Well, that's the, the best way to put it. The three that you started. True. I guess we could look at it that way. Yeah. The three that, that I started. The founding three. It's the Trinity. <laughs> I'm going to work on a podcast comic book called Podcast Kingdom Come. <laughs> uh. So, um, outside of that news, how about Carol Spiney? Name sound familiar? 
It does, actually. Uh, man, he's the puppeteer, the man inside of Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch. And after spending 50 years on Sesame Street, uh, he 50 has... 50 years. 50 years. Uh, he has officially announced he's stepping down. Well, you know, 50 years, that's a long time to be in a he's bird suit. <laughs> After 50 years, the birds have gone to him. He hasn't gone to the birds. <laughs> uh, in in his uh, statement, before I came to Sesame Street, I didn't feel like I was... I didn't feel like what I was doing was very important. Big Bird helped me find my purpose. Even as I stepped down from my roles, I feel I will always be Big Bird and even Oscar once in a while. They have given me great joy, led me to my true calling, and created a lifetime of memories that I will cherish forever. Um, Yeah, considering when there were mall tours, it would be Carol Spiney doing it. Mm. The movies, the Big Bird movie, his appearance in the Muppet movie, you know, in the Muppet movie, that's all Carol Spiney. Um. I mean, it's the man who held the held the role for fifty years. Now, Big Bird he does the voice too, right? I believe I so. Yeah. So uh, the role is going to be carried on by Matt Vogel for Big Bird and Eric Jacobson for Oscar the Grouch. So uh, Vogel has been with the Jim Henson Company since 1990. Of course, it's Jim Henson's company, Jim Henson Company, that is hired to puppeteer. The characters on Sesame Street, yes, they're Muppets, but they're not. They are, but they're not Muppets, Mm. if that makes sense. But Sesame Street is owned by Children's Television Workshop. It's just they have the long partnership that Henson Company will produce, edit, and everything else for them. So, uh, but Vogel uh, has was even Spiney's understudy. Uh, He started performing in the Big Bird suit back in 2016, and then um, Spiney would just provide the voice. Uh, So this is kind of the formal passing the torch, Uh, sort of like uh, Peter Mayhew with with Jonas with the Chewbacca suit. Oh, right, yeah. So most of the most of the stuff where you see Chewbacca sitting, that was Peter. Standing, running, and everything else, you know, the action shots, that was Jonas. My question is, was it Peter on screen for that sequence when Han got killed by the saber? That would be that would be the best way. That would have been fitting. Yeah. I I would think that Peter Mayhew would that would he'd probably want it to be him in that scene. Um, so I got to imagine it was him, but you never know. Yeah, but I could see Peter. I could see Peter giving that up to Jonas as well. Yeah, possibly. Just, just the way he is. And I'm sure everyone's yeah. saying, no, you need to be there for that. Mm. Well, I lost you. You cut out. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Jacobson, I had my mute button on. Jacobson ah. <laughs> also has an extensive history with the Henson Company, uh, currently performing a number of Frank Oz's beloved characters, um, but he's been Spiney's pupil since 2015 uh, in the Oscar character. Um, but uh, he is also performing a lot of Frank Oz's characters like Miss Piggy and Fozzie Bear. Uh, both should be able to inherit their new full-time role seamlessly and continue the grand tradition that Spiney started. So the soon-to-be 85-year-old Spiney dedicated majority of his life work creating memories that will last a lifetime. Wow, he's 85. Yeah. It's and, still, he, and he's just now retiring. <laughs> just now stepping down, yeah. Uh, kudos to him. I mean, you have figured this is a man who carried 
from our childhood into my niece and nephew's childhood into my daughter's childhood. Uh, and has had a lot of influence along yeah, the way. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, that says a lot. So our hats off to just to, to Mr. Spiny. Definitely. This is the one time that birds of a feather are just yours and you, <laughs> and you out and you shine out on your own. So, um, but we're going to continue on. Well, yeah. So moving on from that bit of semi, somewhat sad news, but. But joyous know. too. 50 joyous, years. Yes. yes. Shocking. Um, oh, 50 years. So it's sad that he's leaving, but awesome that he's been doing it for so long. Not so awesome is uh, this little movie that Warner Brothers is trying to put out called uh, The Flash. Or as we like to refer to it. The Flush. So, uh, <laughs> of course, <laughs> this is the movie starring Ezra Miller as The Flush. Uh, it just seeing they have a picture of him as The Flash in this article, and, and it, it upsets me. <laughs> it's a new costume, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, before. yeah. I mean, yeah, but it doesn't look good. Where, where's, where's the ear wings? Oh, those the little boomerangs on the side that are red, uh, not yellow. Yeah. Um, well, so bad news for whoever might actually be looking forward to this movie. I don't know who that would be, but uh, Warner Brothers is pushing back the start of filming on this on the Flash. Stop mocking uh, me! <laughs> we've only just begun. Uh, according to sources that uh, for Variety, uh, the film is being pushed back. Uh, first of all, it never received a formal green light, uh, and it never actually had a set release date, which are bad enough to begin with. Uh, rejection. How I missed you. <laughs> but uh, it was expected to begin shooting in March. However, the script for the movie is still being tweaked. And the studio doesn't think it's going to be done in time to make that March shooting schedule. Uh, and that that is a problem because Ezra Miller, who is playing the flush, uh, also has a key supporting role in Fantastic Beasts, the Harry Potter spinoff series. Uh, the third film in that franchise begins shooting in July, which would cause some major scheduling headaches. Yeah. So. Wait, this just wait. there from DC Warner Brothers? There seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. <laughs> so with uh, all that, with those scheduling problems, it looks like. Uh, the film is now going to not going to start production until late 2019, which likely means that the Flash movie won't deb debut in theaters until sometime in 2021. You cannot escape your destiny. Yeah, so it would seem. Uh, of course, it's already been a long build-up to to the Flash. Uh, last January, Warner Brothers signed scribes John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who did Spider-Man: Homecoming, which was a good movie, great movie. Yes, uh, to direct the film, who replaced director Rick Famuyiwa, who left the film in 2016 due to creative differences. And we all know what that is code for. You suck. 
<laughs> so, of course, that exit put the picture in limbo until the new directors could be found. And so, in addition, uh, after the uh, box office disappointment of Justice League, gee, I can't imagine why that was a disappointment, uh, Warner Brothers has been reevaluating its approach to making movies based on DC Comics characters. And uh, I'll have more on that in a little bit. But uh, we do still have Aquaman coming out. Which looks this, great. This December, which does actually look great. Uh, and we do know that yex- next year we'll have a Wonder Woman sequel. and uh, Which we know nothing about. Which we know virtually nothing about, other than it's going to take place in the 80s. I think um, 84 is where they're placing it? Yes, it is 84, yep. Uh, deep, deep in the heart of the Cold War. And, of course, there is also a Suicide Squad sequel coming up, which is now being written by James Gunn. And the best news of that, Jared Leto out as Joker. That's (laughs) that's right. That's right. Uh, However, there is also still the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie coming out next year, too, which I still am confused about. I don't know how to feel about it anymore. (laughs) The the Joaquin Dead Dark Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Sorry to disappoint you, Flash fans, but uh, yeah, you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer for the movie. You might be able to get a little bit more of. <laughs> Stupid low flows. <laughs> sure, because I'm sure there will be more updates to come on that. Oh, uh, I'm sure there will be. Oh, well, and I was wrong, actually. You were, you're the one who's going to have more on the other films. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, apparently Warner Brothers is reportedly done with uh, Henry Cavill, Cavill, no, Cavill, Cavill, Cavalcade, Cavalcade. <laughs> My LG Smart TV had a channel that sh- was showing, um, like, internet streaming channels. Oh, really? And one of them was streaming the old Starcade TV show. Oh, no kidding. You remember Starcade? I do. Vaguely. That's, <laughs> that's where Midway debuted the new game Sinister <laughs> from. It, it used to be, okay, how, how far can you get in 30 seconds? Mm. And you're like, I remember keeping track going, oh, they only scored this many points. I could beat that in 30 seconds at my own arcade. I tried so hard to see about getting on that show. Oh, really? Yeah. Problem is, weren't old enough. They were taking adults, mm. not high school, not kids. Mm. But um, it looks like Henry's time is done, or at least when it comes to movies centered around Man of Steel. According to a new report from Variety, Warner Brothers will not be moving forward with Batman and Superman movies featuring Ben Affleck and and Henry Cavill. Stupid call. Mm, well, I don't know. We'll see. I liked Affleck's Batman. He was okay. I liked the look of Henry Cavill as Superman. I did. Yeah. I mean, Man of Steel was not that solid of a film. I mean, obviously it was not was not Superman and Superman 2, but it was That's a hell of, it. it was a hell of a lot better than Superman Returns. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say that. I'll give you two reasons why it was better than uh Superman Returns. No Zack Snyder. <laughs> 
Wait, Wait, Superman Returns or Man of Steel? Who did? Was it Michael Bay who did? Who? All right. It was Brian Singer who did Superman Returns he, and Schneider did, did Man, Man of Steel. Yes, I'm sure. Yep. Okay. Well, Superman Returns, no Zack Snyder. Second reason, Brian Singer. At this point in time, doesn't matter either way. Mm. Um, but no, I I enjoyed Affleck as as uh, Batman. I mean, he he I, tried he tried to stay true to, to the character, especially since he was being given, even though it was never officially said, the Dark Knight Returns era role. I didn't I didn't hate him. I just he I don't know. He wasn't my favorite. But I also I don't know. I think. But I would have liked to have seen gotten another chance to see. Like I would have liked to see him in a solo Batman movie. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That that. That would have been that would have been great to have seen. Mm. So um, uh, reports also say too, which we just talked about, Ezra Miller and the Flush. Never mind, I'm not going to jiggle the handle this time. <laughs> um, so um, it's been pushed back to 2019. This also means my cell phone's going off. Uh, this also means that uh, the sequel to Man of Steel is off the table, and so is. Affleck as Batman it is gone. Um, a lot of this goes back to just over a month ago when uh, Henry exited the role after negotiations for a cameo in the upcoming Superman or Shazam broke down due to scheduling oh, conflicts. Right. Now we're getting that. reports it's scheduling conflicts. While it was never confirmed and was left wide open for all kinds of speculation, um, Cable's representative and even Cable himself um, had yeah, the fact remained that the actor has signed on to play uh, Geralt of Rivia in the Witcher series on Netflix. Right. Of course, while the report indicated that Warner Brothers is expecting to look for a new Batman, there was no such indication about Superman. Um, it is not impossible for the studio. Uh, it, it's not impossible that the studio plans to continue with Cavill as the hero, just in a more diminished role. Uh, he's played Superman three times in Man of Steel, uh, Batman Heart Superman, and in Justice League. So how, if this is the case, how are you going to turn around and carry on Jason Momoa and Wonder Woman with the whole new Superman and Batman? Well, the rumor that I've heard lately is that they might, uh, they might kind of take the focus away from the group thing and kind of have them stick to their individual movies and not have any crossover for a while. Okay. But uh, uh, we'll see. For some reason, I don't see that working either. They they kind of put themselves in a bit of a corner because even, because that might that probably won't work. You're right. But, but if you... If you do a full reboot, then you lose Wonder Woman, you know, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. And you lose Jason Momoa. As Aquaman. And though, you know, well, we can't we can't speak for Aquaman exactly yet, but it looks good. And Wonder Woman was, you know, their one actual good movie. So, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, they can try rebooting everybody else and leaving them, but that'll, I don't know. But then if that... How- would, that How do you explain it without making the Flash movie post-Flashpoint? Yeah. I don't know. Do you then turn and go rebirth with Flash? Maybe. Or you just try to ignore it and do the the actor switch and hope nobody 
hope people accept it. <laughs> I mean, that's what they did with the the Batman movies, you know, and, after Keaton and everything. And how did that go? Well, let's not talk about that. It will test your head <laughs> and your mind and your brain. <laughs> oh, I, I, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's pretty much it. This this is crazy, stupid crap. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what the. I don't know if they know what they're doing. It's so crap. It is. But I mean, you know, that's kind of been DC's mo right now. <laughs> A whole lot of crap, which is unfortunate because I want to see some good DC movies. I really do. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I am not. I'm not going to do the uh, crap image again for the show logo. <laughs> so this show is not going to be. It's crap part two. <laughs> so moving right along. Well, let us move on. From the movies to a bit of comic news. Uh, And uh, as a teenager, one of the biggest uh, movies in in my group of friends, my circle of friends, was the anime Akira. We loved that movie. It is still one of the best of all time. Yeah. And of course, uh, that anime was based on a manga. And uh, so there is a this year they there was a release of an all new complete 35th anniversary hardcover box set. 35 years. Now, 35 years that put me eighth grade. I don't even remember where it puts me. <laughs> well, I graduated in 89, so next year will be 30 years. Actually, that puts me seventh grade. <laughs> Holy crap. Crap on a shingle. Math online. <laughs> so, yeah, 35th anniversary. And wow. uh, so they're, they're releasing, they have released, and they're re-releasing a beautiful box set for the anniversary of the manga. Uh, which will feature all six volumes in a revised translation with new right-to-left lettering and yes. Otomo's yes original sound effects, plus the Akira Club art book and an exclusive iron-on patch. Oh, uh, yes. And this the, box. Hmm? I was gonna say, and the damages. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. This box set won two 2018 Eisner Awards. <sighs> and it's available once again for a limited time. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, so it won the Eisner Awards for Best Archival Project in Comics and Best Product Design. Uh, they said it's designed to be the definitive reading experience of Akira and to make a splash on any collector's shelf. And it is beautiful. And it is currently on sale on Amazon. The original price is one ninety nine ninety nine, but you can currently find it for one nineteen. Wow. Ninety nine. And it's on sale now. I mean, it's available now. It's not pre-order. It is it is available October 31st. Well, that sounds cool. Yeah. That sounds very cool. Yeah, the original manga came out in 1982. Shh. 
82. Crap. I've always, wanted, I've always wanted to read the original manga. Yeah, I've got I got a couple of the issues here. It's, you know, just like you know, I was having this conversation with people at work. And they're going, oh, Dark Knight Returns and then Dark Knight, whatever. I'm like, well, it's DK2 was how it was released when they were released as individual issues. Mm. They were individual issues. Yeah. <laughs> so was Watchmen. Yep. So was uh, Year One. Uh, what else from all that came out? Uh, year Two was the same way. Mm-hmm. Um Longbow Hunters, mm. uh, Green Arrow Longbow Hunters. I mean, there's quite a few that were done that way. I, I mean, in oh, many yeah. ways, still done that way now. So look at your five-issue minis, and then a month or two later, they're all compiled into one trade. There was a time where that didn't happen, kids. Yeah, there was a time you had to go out and buy them all, and then go mm-hmm. someplace to see if you could find the back issues. Mm-hmm. And if you missed one and you couldn't find the back issue, well, crap on a stick. <laughs> That's just all I got to say. Yeah. So, um, but how about this? Valiant. I need to pull this up off my email again. This is the press release from Valiant. Uh... Valiant and Groupies announced that the biggest ever Valiant Universe digital bundle is available today. We're thrilled to announce that we have joined forces with Groupies for the launch of a brand new DRM-free, pay-what-you-want digital bundle of Valiant Comics. The biggest, wow. the biggest ever offered in Valiant's history. Uh, I'm assuming Groupies is similar to Humble Bundle. Oh, yeah, I would guess so. Uh, as part of this incredible Groupies bundle, hundreds of Valiant's critically acclaimed titles will be available for purchase on the groupies website for the next two weeks with tiers starting at five dollars fans can even snag a full set of valiant's entire digital comic collection or a valiant vip pass to new york city comic-con 2019 all all this will run and end on october 30th uh, I'm thinking Weeby Geeks, Mighty Marvel Geeks, and Wookie Radio all need to crash either in New York Comic Con or C2E2. Mm. I, I can almost really care less about San Diego anymore. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. So, I mean, if it's one of those where win the lottery and I can afford to fly everyone out, sure, I'll do it. Because <laughs> that'll be something that'll be... Um, I'll go up to the promoters and go, I'm willing to drop a hundred grand right now for my whole team to be able to go wherever we want. If it needs to be 200, fine, it's 200. <laughs> I, I, I just want that exclusive all, all access, everything. I'm not waiting in lines. So, um, but yeah, with this groupies for the $5 minimum, you get faith volume one, bloodshot volume one, the valiant book of death, shadow man, volume huh. one, unity, volume one, valiant masters, harbinger, volume one. Uh, if you go up to $10 minimum, you get everything that was just listed. Plus faith in future force, harbinger, renegade, volume one, exo man of war, volume one. Harbinger Wars 2, Prelude, number one, uh, Secret Weapons, Secret Weapons, Owen Story, Secret Weapons, Zero, uh, Wrath of the Eternal Warrior, Rapture, The Death of Defying Doc, The Death Defying Doctor, Mirage, Volume 1, and Harbinger Wars. For $20 minimum, you get Faith Volume 2, 3, 
and four, Harbinger volume two, three, and four, and five, okay. Harbinger two, three, four, five, six, Harbinger Renegade volume two, Unity volume two, Unity volume, okay, Unity volume two, three, four, five and six seven book of death followed the volume universe shadow man volume two three four and five wrath of the internal warrior two and three so but that's quite quite the list for five hundred dollars minimum you get a complete digital assortment of a hundred and thirty plus valiant collected editions across your favorite comics universe is one large PDF. <laughs> that is insane. So, uh, looking at this, what would I be interested in? I mean, oh my, $10 so I could get XO Manowar. I mean, that, that's the big thing that I'm interested in. I mean, I... I know faith has been groundbreaking and it's just, it's, it's not up my, my alley. Mm. Uh, secret weapons really isn't either, but I mean the harbinger stuff. Oh, I, I would die for that. You know, that was the huge crossover thing that they had going. Um, it's a shame. It's only the one XO Manowar. Yeah, really? I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised there's no quantum Woody. Um, yeah, huh. I'm surprised there's no, um, oh, what's the other one? Shoot, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a major blank. I don't know why. I don't <laughs> know why. Um, I mean, quantum and Woody number 11's out now. See, now, now, it's, now I'm having to go to their site. All the series. Um, I mean, Archer and Armstrong is okay, but I love, I love quantum and Woody. What was the other one? Oh, Exo Manowar. Yeah, a, those are the main two that I read. Oops. So, so yeah, that would be it. Well then. So I mean, this this, hmm? this is a great deal for that though. Yeah, it really is. So, sorry I interrupted, so moving right along. <laughs> well, since we're talking about digital stuff, let's continue on and talk about a little bit of video game news. And, of course, uh, anybody who has been paying attention knows that I have become a huge fan of... Marvel Spider-Man, the game that just came out from Insomniac Games last month. I am loving the game. (laughs) I am loving the game. I am like 90-something percent done, and I'm just kind of I'm just kind of uh, fooling around with the game right now because I don't have the heart to beat it yet. But that's okay because (laughs) on October 23rd next week, we get the first installment of The City That Never Sleeps the DLC series. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, which we, I think, I believe we talked about in a previous show, is going to be a three-part series uh, coming out October, November, and December. And the first installment will be called The Heist. Ooh. So, uh, <laughs> so there's some there's been some brand new art for the heist. There's a new trailer for it, uh, and the the art is done by a famed Marvel illustrator and designer of the new Spider-Man suit, uh, Addy Granov, who's also one of my favorite artists. I must say, I must say. 
Uh, and then the official synopsis is, as you play Marvel Spider-Man, the heist, you'll encounter the beginning of a new interconnected story taking place over the three chapters of Marvel Spider-Man, the city that never sleeps. A robbery at an art museum entangles Spider-Man and MJ with an old flame from Peter Parker's past, Felicia Hardy, a.k.a. the Black Cat. Uh, beyond new story missions, there's a whole new faction of Enemies, new crimes, new challenges, new trophies, and of course, three brand new suits. So the suits we are getting uh, are the Scarlet Spider 2 suit, which is the uh, all red with the black shoulders and head suit, which actually looks pretty cool, right? especially compared to the original Scarlet Spider suit, <laughs> which is in the game, by the way. And the Spider UK suit, uh, which you might have seen in the Spider-Verse crossover. In addition, we also get a new suit called the Resilient Suit that was designed by another famed Marvel illustrator, Gabriel Del Otto, who also is a great artist. Um, so, as I said, this comes out, the first installment comes out October 23rd, next week. And it can be purchased on the PlayStation Store for $9.99. Or if you want to save a few dollars, you can order the entire Spider-Man The City That Never Sleeps series for $24.99, uh, which will get you the heist as well as two additional chapters releasing later this year. And if for some strange, crazy, insane reason you haven't picked up Spider-Man yet, you can get the digital deluxe edition for $80 or $79.99, technically, that gets you the full game as well as three chapters of the city that never sleeps upon their respective individual release. So there you go, kids. I'm very cool. excited. I'm very excited for this. I cannot wait. I, I'm enjoying Spider-Man so much. I don't want it to end. And now it doesn't have to. Yeah. Uh, Alrighty. So that's all I have on that. <laughs> Alrighty then. Um, well, sad news on the Marvel front mm. as well, but no surprise. After two seasons. And it's a shame too, because I had uh Justin Swain on Mighty Marvel Geeks. Oh, that's right, yeah. And he had a great interview. Yeah, he was. It was um, a lot of fun to listen to. Netflix has canceled Marvel's Iron Fist. The news only comes a month after the second season was released. Mm -hmm. uh, out of the four Netflix shows that comprise Marvel's TV or Marvel TV's Defenders project, uh, Iron Fist was critically the least well received and the most div diversive amongst fans. Um, the low to mixed reception for the character uh, carried on to the crossover which itself had mixed reaction. Uh, with the change in the showrunner from Scott Buck to M. Raven Metzner, the show's sophomore season for the show's sophomore season, Iron Fist did improve in the eyes of the critics and viewers, but still, um, and, and it ended with an impressive setup for a season three. Unfortunately, that's where it end as a setup for a season three that will not come to fruition, mm. or at least not on Netflix. Uh, so, according to the Netflix and 
Marvel TV joint statement provided to Deadline, Marvel's Iron Fist will not return for a third season on Netflix. Everyone at Marvel Television and Netflix is proud of the series and grateful for all the hard work from our incredible cast, crew, and showrunners. We're thankful to the fans who have watched these two seasons and for the partnership we have shared on this series. While the series on Netflix has ended, the immortal Iron Fist will live on. Now, the final sentence is kind of curious. So is the, the first sentence. Um, you know, one, they're re- referencing the character's title, the immortal. Um, but, uh, there has been talks of a combo show with Luke Cage. Hmm. That would be a smart move. Mm. Award-winning, two-time award-winning Mighty Marvel Geeks has kind of brought this up um, because Luke mm-hmm. Cage itself has not been renewed for a third season. And uh, I say cancel it and let the characters reappear on Disney Play as Heroes for Hire. Um, perhaps Marvel TV can migrate Iron Fist to Disney's own streaming service. Uh, which will be focusing on characters like Loki and Scarlet Witch. But I think having Heroes for Hire would be the way to go, whether they do do it as part of Season 3, Luke Cage, and actually Justin Swain was on Luke Cage, not Iron Fist. My mistake. Mm. Uh, actually, uh, it looks like Luke Cage has been confirmed for season three. So, yeah. Oh, no. Wait, nope. Oh. Wait a minute. It, it hasn't officially been confirmed yet. But if they do, Heroes for Hire is the way they should go. Or Definitely. or go Daughters of the Dragon. One or the other. So, whatever the case, the news is a disappointment for those who enjoyed the second season. Because mm. um, uh, we know the second season of Defenders is no more as well. So, at the moment, we have season three coming out of Daredevil devil next week wow next week already yeah wow the 19th with punisher with the punisher season two and jessica jones season three set for some time in the future uh of course they're saying giving the hope that this portion of the mcu will be here to stay well no because they're probably not going to do any more after um oh after Disney Play starts up. So, mm. so yeah, that's that's that. Iron Fist, no more. Yeah. Honestly, needs to come as part of... Uh, they need to go ahead and go with the Heroes for Hire. Well, uh, from what I heard, they did... You know, it's been canceled, but we haven't seen the last of Iron Fist. So, take from that what you will. Okay. So, that could mean, hopefully, maybe that maybe they will do a Heroes for Hire... If they are smart, that's what they'll do. Yeah, yeah. Because I do like them together. Yeah. I mean, they play well together. And they, and they do yeah. it in comics, too. Yeah. Um, why they didn't go ahead for season two for both of them, just go ahead and go into mm. Heroes for Hire and take some of the best of each cast, like Justin Swain. I think he would be really mm. cool to see as part of handling Heroes for Hire. Yeah. Yeah, because they could have they could have spun that right out of Defenders. Yeah, and I would I would have thought too they would have um, had more tying in as well Jessica Jones, especially mm. since at some point they go back to um, what should we call it? The two of them have a kid together and and go along, you know, and go on their whole partnership within Heroes for Hire. Mm. So I don't know. It, it's yeah so how about some more things that make us go hmm mm. well of course one of the things now that the new Arrowverse shows have started up again um one thing 
that we are looking forward to is the upcoming Arrowverse Elseworlds crossover. Yeah. Coming in December. I think we talked about Batwoman last week. Yes. Who is, she is the main focus of the crossover as there's going to be a series based around the Batwoman character played by Ruby Rose. Um, But there's a lot of other buzz around the event as well including uh, the return of Tyler Hoechlin as Superman and a new Arrowverse Lois Lane, uh, who both are also going to be a part of the crossover. And we just recently got a behind-the-scenes photo tweeted out by Steve Amell of uh of himself steve mel with grant gustin and superman in a black costume interesting yes very interesting yes um so of course we know that not only is superman going to be a part of the arrowverse crossover but he's going to be featured in all three episodes of the crossover uh supergirl the arrow and the flash episode uh, however, uh, details on how Superman and Lois Lane are going to be a part of the crossover have been kept rather vague and secretive. Right. So uh, this photo kind of just has everybody speculating on what this could possibly mean. Uh, now, of course, in the comics, the black suit uh, kind of gained iconic status in the death and return of Superman story arc. Way back in the nineties, that was nineties, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it was it was a suit that was designed to help revitalize Superman's Kryptonian cells after they were severely depleted in his fight with Doomsday uh, when he was resurrected. <laughs> resurrected uh superman fought in that suit for a brief time now uh the chances are that's not going to be what happens in this crossover because uh that would be a huge thing and it would probably take the focus off off of batwoman who's supposed to be the focus of the crossover so um another speculation is that perhaps this could be an evil superman who uh, um, was similar to the evil versions of Supergirl and other heroes in the Earth X crossover uh, from last year. Uh, and who knows? Maybe we'll actually get to see Batwoman versus Superman. Ooh, that would be interesting. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, there's a possibility that evil Superman could be the reason that uh, LaMonica Garrett's character, the Monitor, uh, makes an appearance. And for those who aren't familiar with the Monitor... Uh, the Monitor is a huge character in the DC Universe, uh, created by Marv Wolfman and George Perez as part of the DC Comics 50th anniversary. And they will, they were a big, huge part of the Crisis on Infinite Earths yep. storyline. Yep. Uh, Which is the what Monitor they did last was, season. Yes. Uh, the Monitor was one of two ageless beings, the other being the Anti-Monitor, who personified and wielded the energies of the matter and antimatter universes. So, uh, so that they were like the huge um, catalysts for the Crisis on Infinite Earths. So uh, the possibilities uh, are quite interesting. 
as I said, it's most likely that it won't be from the death of Superman because that would that would be a huge focus. Right. Um, but it could very well be an evil version of Superman or an alternate version. Um, but check out Stephen Mel's Twitter, Stephen Mel's Twitter for uh, for a picture because I gotta say the suit looks pretty good. Yeah, it, it look it does definitely look good. I still say if they do anything with the movies, get rid of Ezra Miller, Grant Gustin mm-hmm. for the film, mm, and then you definitely. built in. You, then you had the built-in series to help carry it through. Mm-hmm. Um, did. Make this guy Superman. Yeah, I I thought he I liked him. What we've seen of him as Superman, I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. So as a reminder, the Elseworlds Arrowverse crossover will take place across three nights, kicking off on Sunday, December 9th on The Flash at 8 p.m., continuing on Arrow Monday, December 10th at 8 p.m., and then finishing up on Supergirl on Tuesday, December 11th at 8 p.m. And we don't know why. No, I'm still guessing it has some something to do with the story, but I don't know. It is weird. <laughs> it is quite interesting. It is. But this 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 crossover, it just keeps getting better and better. Yeah. This, yeah. this is going to be a good one. I agree. Still a little disappointed that the legends aren't part of it, but I understand. Hey, just be glad it is not a musical crossover. Oh, oh no. Did I say that? No. I'm still angry I watched that whole episode. Both of those episodes? <laughs> yes. Um, well, how about this? Sherlock Creators uh, says Dracula gets series order from BBC. Mm, interesting. So Mark Gaddis and Stephen Moffat have been developing uh, the series since 2017. Um, the While the, they haven't entirely ruled out the possibility of Sherlock season five at this stage, uh, it, it has been... A Assume that season four season finale will also double as the series finale until further notice. Um, but the creators have already begun focus on other ventures, including a small screen re-imaging of Bram Stoker's classic vampire novel, Dracula. Uh, according to Variety, BBC has ordered three 90-minute episodes of the miniseries. Um, and the series will air on the BBC in the UK and most likely on BBC America in the US with Netflix handling distribution in other territories around the world. So, uh, so yeah, pretty cool to see that Dracula may be coming back into, into the height of pop culture again. Yeah, definitely. So, um, and then I saw this story as well as we were talking. Uh, apparently the Mandalorian set photos reveal stormtroopers. Oh, interesting. And not first order troopers, but stormtroopers. Uh, fact, of course, we know uh, the Mandalorian's taking place between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Um, but it seems like there should be, you know, it's leaning closer to Return of the Jedi than Force Awakens. Uh, making Star Wars.net. Net? Yeah, making Star Wars.net posted a set image from Mandalorian, which shows two actors dressed in traditional stormtrooper costumes, uh, both without helmets. So it's unknown which type of trooper they are, regular or scout. But the 
photo serves as confirmation imperial stormtroopers will at least be in the background of the show very cool uh, while the empire lost the galactic civil war they were most definitely not vanquished entirety entirely uh the opening crawl of force awakens stated that the first order rose from the empire's ashes and non-movie canon material have fleshed out how imperial sympathizers were active within the government and laid the foundation for the first order so, uh, looking at, um, looking at the picture, I, I would say that I don't think they're scouts. I mean, that, that's full armor, not scout armor. Oh, nice. So, so it's gotta be regular stormtroopers. Uh, it's, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe it's a stormtrooper and a biker scout. Now I'm seeing the, the bump on the back, hmm. but the one's definitely, the one's definitely stormtrooper. So yeah, that's what we've got going on there. So any final thoughts? Uh, other than I hope this uh, cold doesn't get any worse. That's all I got. Uh, we'll find out on, on when we record again on Friday with Wookie Radio. See how bad shape we are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, I don't think I have anything else as well. So any final, any other final thoughts? Award winner? <laughs> uh, nope. That's all I got. Award winner. Then that's gonna. People are not gonna be lo- listening to this. Going, <laughs> really? <laughs> hey, all we did is submit. We didn't make the choices. <laughs> but no, I mean we're, we're allowed off days. Sure. And uh, and we're cool with that. I mean we're here to have fun. That's our big thing. So um, I guess until next time. Want to know more? <laughs> So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. Tell them about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie?